Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. Uh, nice for Connor to speak to us there straight out of the car. It has looked much better at the stopwatch. They say it doesn't lie, but the car has looked less of a handful to drive as well. Uh, yeah. News of a warning for the Chetelar Racing Ferrari. This is the blue and green car, uh, the number 47. Uh, it's a warning for blocking. So weaving around or moving in response to somebody behind you. It's Antonio Fuoco. Uh, who's behind the wheel. He's got Julian Andlauer uh, behind him. I don't think it would have been that. I'm presuming it was Max Root who's just gone past him uh, for Wright Motorsports in the number 77 machine. And uh, so that is something that we'll have to be kept an eye on because those warnings are for the car, not for the driver. So if you have multiple offences by different drivers they will be totting those up so Chetelar have used one of their lives blocking something that is uh, very much frowned upon here defensive driving is one thing, pick a line and stick to it so if you want to go to the inside and stop someone diving up the inside into a corner, that's fine but you've got to get there and stick to it you cannot move in response to what the car behind you is doing. That's how it is determined here. So still the two Porsches. Matthew Jaminet from Philippe Nazar. Now one and a half seconds last time around and as Jaminet crosses the line, that's now two and a half seconds. So I thought that number six car had a little bit of pace. I wonder if they're splitting strategy here, Jeremy. That would be a very Porsche Penske thing to do. And they may have put the slightly softer tyres onto the number six when Mathieu took over from Nick Tandy. Oh, now, was that a little bit of dirt or fluid or some kind of smoke from the leading car from the right-hand rear of the car as he was coming through to the inner loop that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on it may have been he was just grounding out there but there was just something that didn't look quite right to me there about that number six car yeah you talk about the 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 fact he did he pulled away by a second on last time i think that was just traffic uh i'm i'm interested i'm particularly interested in watching the gap between the, the Porsches and the Acura in third place, Philip Albuquerque. Uh, it was six seconds about four laps ago. It's now 3.6 between second and third. Uh, and we saw before that round of pit stops, uh, Louis Delatraz driving the number 10 car, and he was definitely closing in on the two Porsches. So uh, that's certainly something to keep an eye on. But who is... So, uh, on the other hand, number 60 Acura is falling back quite rapidly. Uh, Tom Blomkist was uh, eight seconds behind the number 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac of Alexander Sims four laps ago. Last time he ran, the gap was 12 seconds, and that's gone out steadily to that. So Tom Blomkist appears to be struggling at the moment for some reason. 
last time around. Three wide into the first corner. The Arrow Lamborghini, Jared Andretti's LMP3 car and the BMW number 25 of Nick Yellowley all getting a little bit close for comfort into turn one and it put Yellowley up on the curb there in from the lead of GTD the Iron Dames that was Dorian Pad and that was a uh, that was a change the last, to, last the ones to bid, I think. yeah that Michelle Gatting got into that car so the Iron Dames out let's see where that drops them down to in the battle for GT honours take a quick look at the positions then with just under four hours to go this is our VP racing update we'll start in GTD where Michelle Gatting has just re has just taken over the Iron Dames Lamborghini came into the pits in the lead will she see where she feeds back in GDD Pro led by Risi Competizione number 62 Ben Barnicut in the yellow and black number 14 Vassar Sullivan Lexus in second Jordan Taylor for Corvette Racing in third in the all yellow number three in GTD Am see if Michelle got out ahead of Frankie Montecalvo when they come round next time that number 83 car. Ma Monte Calvo was five and a half seconds ahead of Misha Goikberg, who's taken over the Forte Racing, powered by USRT Lamborghini. Is Lamborghini showing well this weekend? Yeah, they've got a bit of a balanced uh, performance break uh, coming into this weekend, John, to the Lamborghinis. Uh, they've... Uh, they've, uh, they, they've lost a bit of uh, weight, 20 kilograms... Uh, they have um, shed since the last round. The Ferraris. I wish I could say the same, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Ferraris got rid of 30 kilograms, uh, and uh, those are the two biggest changes. The McLaren and the Mercedes also lost 20, 20 kilograms. The um, and, and, and certainly and this weekend, that yeah, the, the Ferraris, the Lamborghinis, and probably the Lexus, which got a slightly larger restrictor here, mm -hmm. uh, uh, seem to have the pace on everybody else here. The Porsches definitely seem to be struggling a bit here uh, particularly uh, on uh, launching out of the corners they don't have the torque coming off the corners compared to these other cars and the answer to my question just went under my feet as to whether Michelle Gatting got out ahead of Frankie Montecalvo yes but just and just managed to hold on to the lead coming through turn 9 last time around with the JDC Miller Porsche providing a little bit of interference slowing her down actually and got, I think, a wee tap from Frankie in the Lexus. But that is first and second. Heading down towards turn six, the Iron Dames. A brilliant, simply brilliant programme. Conceived and organised by Deborah Mayer. Been a driving force for this. Deborah, a long-time Ferrari fanatic and racer herself, putting into place the Iron Dames, Iron Links, Prema programs, and is heavily involved with the Lamborghini 
GTP LMDH programme, particularly on the engine side. That will see the Iron Dames field a Lamborghini prototype in the IMSA long distance events next year, 2024. Don't want to wish our lives away, but that's going to be a cracker. Another great season, more cars coming in from customers. Down to turn one, that battle for the lead in GTD. Really has borne fruit the support of the female drivers and engineers from the Iron Dames. A scary moment for the leader actually going up alongside the Risi Competizione Ferrari last time around at the toe of the boot at turn seven. There was a bit of side to side contact for our overall leader, Mathieu Jaminet. Yeah. And that uh, hopefully hasn't caused any damage to either of those cars. Just a bit of a miscommunication. Davide Regon maybe not realising how close that prototype was. But just back to the Iron Dames for a moment. Lovely to see Rahel Frey involved in that. Such a great career. The stopwatch, the car and the timing screens proving how good she has been down through the years. Driven everything really in terms of tin tops including DTM for a number of years. Super competitive driver and seldom if ever in fact you know what I'm not sure I've ever seen her without a smile on her face always yeah. wants, wants to have an interview she's been on midweek motorsport down through the years more times than I can count and even when she's busy she'll make time for you and what a what a role model and yeah. what a mentor and well done to to Deborah and the rest of Iron Dames for identifying Rahel as somebody who could drive, help drive that programme forward, and she has done. And she has done, yeah. And but all, all three of those girls, are, I mean, they are fast here, uh, and uh, they're, they're oh, driving they're all there on merit. And they're, yeah, they're all there on merit, and, they're, and they're, you're right. They have a great attitude. I chatted to Michelle and to Rahel this morning, and they, they, they were just having so much fun. They absolutely love it over here. They love the opportunity. Of course, they're driving different cars. It's a what? It's a Porsche they're driving isn't it in the WEC sorry say again Porsche they're driving WEC yes isn't it? because they don't, because Lamborghini because doesn't exactly. have a GTE car That's yeah right. and a uh, couple of those drivers share Adam have come up through the Ferrari ranks I mentioned Deborah Mayer herself a Ferrari uh, challenge driver down through the years yeah, but not just Ferrari Challenge drivers, Ferrari Challenge champions. As far as Europe is concerned, the last two champions, Dorian Pan and Michelle Gaddon, very impressive. And especially when you consider Dorian's record, it was something like 9 out of 14 race wins, 10 fastest laps. Incredible. Yeah. And uh, that, is, that, is done, uh, that is done a lot uh, to change attitudes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and let's be fair they needed changing in some respects but uh, it, it's done a lot and we had uh, uh, we've had them on the podium we've had them winning races in other series as well let's go down to Jordan Pepper with Shea Adam he just heard his name on the loudspeaker hey Jordan what's up how you doing yeah good good it was it was hot out there we we planned to do a single but obviously the way the cautions and stuff fell was out there for a double and the heat here just rapidly increased so it got hot towards the end but 
It was a good fight with the Lexus. Early on was a good fight with Loris and the Ferrari behind, so it was fun. You and Andrea won a championship in North America together. How long have you been waiting to share the car with him up against the best of the best in the world? Uh, man, it's been a dream weekend, honestly. I think the relationship me and Andrea have, like what we've grown like to come together and stuff like that over the years, um, has been really incredible. And I think we just complement each other so well. And, you know, when you look up and down the Sims of Paddock, especially in the GTD Pro scene, all the driver pairings have that similar connection. So it's so important, I think, in this championship that the trust is there, the fun's there. And you know what? We've come here. What better way to... Like, what like better way to enjoy it? You know, we have an incredible team. The atmosphere has been so great. Everyone's having fun. And, you know, I think when everyone's having fun, the results come as well. So we'll keep pushing. We'll keep pushing against the, the Lexus. I think right now with the Ferrari getting a drive-through and stuff, um, it's kind of a two-horse battle. But, you know, IMSA safety cars are going to come and everything's going to happen. And right now we have a good car. So let's see what happens. Two-horse battle. It's good when you've got the bull then. Good luck the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Lexus is quick, so we're going to have to extract everything. But it's it's going to be fun. And, yeah, let's see. I'm sure it's going to be good North American racing. John Pepper with Sheer Adam down in the pit lane. Live from Watkins Glen. RS2 is IMSA Radio XM202. Uh, around the North American continent. And just a reminder for those of you in the UK... Uh, just about an hour away from live coverage on Viaplay Extra on the Sky platform and others uh, on your telly box uh, to one of the free channels from uh, Viaplay. I know that one or two of you across Europe are already tuned in on Viaplay, particularly in in Europe. Uh, just one or two threatening clouds, but it's just dropped a couple of degrees in temperature. We can feel this. Even feel that up here. Just a, a couple of bits of housekeeping. Checked in with the team and with our good friend Lee Driggers, who's done the base 60 max, the hardware. CrowdStrike Algar Pro Racing, absolutely convinced and now confirmed by adding it up uh, from Lee Driggers. Thank you, Lee. Always good to, to have you having our backs. George Kurtz has done his 90 minutes, he's one hour 30 minutes. Uh, in that uh, number four car. We knew it was close. Plus, uh, uh, plus uh, the pit stop made it even closer. But with Jeff Brown uh, on the pit wall, I think we could have probably decided that uh, he adds up better than we do to be quite honest. Right, Jeremy, how are we looking with three hours and 45 minutes to go? Really interesting because the top four are all closing up. Uh, Alexander Sims is much closer now to the race leader Matthew Jaminet than he has been um, uh, at any particular time. Uh, the, there's a, the, all of a sudden, the last couple of laps, I think uh, Philippe Nazareth had the worst of the traffic, but he's now really under pressure from Philip Albuquerque. Um, as uh, Oh, Sims comes into the pits in car number 31. Why? Not expected that. Uh, they're, they're obviously planning toward the, the three-hour point in the race. That's why they're coming in now. I think all of the GTP cars are going to come in to make a pit stop before the three-hour mark. So if he comes in now, gives the full course caution, pits are going to be closed, everybody else comes in, and he leapfrogs to the front. So I think that's why we're seeing the number 31 car in the pits uh, at the moment. 
And sure, Adam was watching that stop. It was a quickie. Yeah, very close uh, to the car as it came in to stop. They did fuel only uh, and left side tires, I should say. A lot like we saw yesterday, NASCAR style. But no, this was because they didn't actually have time to do the right sides. The fuel nozzle and the energy replenishment wasn't in long enough for them to be able to change the right sides as well. Yeah, because they wouldn't have needed much. It was, it's not even halfway through a stint, I think, for the uh, number 37, 30, 31 uh, team. And uh, Tom Blomquist has picked up his pace relative to the others. That gap has sort of stabilised uh, between um, what is now third. He's up to fourth place now with that pit stop for number 31 car. Nick Yellenu, though, is definitely has been struggling. Uh, and he's actually losing ground to Tymon van der Helm in the Porsche that's behind him. Uh, well, up until the last lap, actually, because Nick Yellow all of a sudden turned to 135.0, which is significantly quicker than he had been going, John. Uh, just talking about the uh, French influx of uh, young drivers, and Lila Wadu has just posted the fastest lap of the whole race for the number 88 car. That is the AF Corsa Aurica, 138.279. That's barely a tenth away from the fastest LMP2 lap. If you were under any illusions uh, of what uh, these young drivers can do from Europe, uh, then there you are. The young lady from Amiens on the way to Paris change at Amiens if you are going to Le Mans you yes. jump off the train there yes. jump off the TGV and uh, jump back on so you don't have to go in to Paris from the Gardenau to Gard Montparnasse and then down you change at Amiens best pl place to do it I first saw Lila Wadu in um, I think it was the Alpine series with the, uh, the little Alpine race cars and she was winning races in that Johnny, Johnny Palmer and I at Barcelona, watched her destroy a very, very impressive field in all in the same machinery, not once but twice that weekend from memory. And she has transitioned into prototype machinery very impressively indeed. So Ben Barnicut leads GTD Pro from Andrea Caldarelli in second. That's Ian Links in second, Vasa Sullivan in first. And they are right together on the circuit, coming through to turn number nine now. The tricky left-hander that brings you off the Grand Prix circuit and back towards the pit lane. It almost feels like that. There's a couple of corners here, turn nine and turn six, actually, that feel like they are tightening on you. And if they are, it's marginal. But what is happening is the outside wall is getting closer to you as you're going to the outside and the exit of the corner. And it's quite intimidating. Third, by the way, is Klaus Bachler for Faf Motorsport. Remember the number nine plaid Porsche went way off strategy early on. But, of course, since then we've had a couple of or three safety cars. If you weren't with us at the beginning, problems early on. For number 24 BMW, Augusto Farfus uh, taking a wild ride at turn one, bringing the front suspension. That car went behind the wall, was recovered behind the wall. We've also had issues for the 0-1 Cadillac when Simon Pagino lost control of the car. Uh, 
Sorry, yep. Sebastian uh, brought it. Yep. Um, lost control of the car coming through turn 10. Uh, he was in behind David Brulé in the 92 Porsche. Just maybe lost his concentration for a moment or misjudged the speed of the Porsche and had to try and tighten the corner. And there was a little wiggle and it looked like he caught it and then he got sideways. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Conor de Filippi was right up behind him and uh, gave him a bat. I think he was already on his way to the wall, to be honest. I don't think that made much of a difference um, when the BMW hit the Cadillac. I don't, I, I don't think that's what sent him into the wall. Sent who into the wall? The, the Cadillac. The no, 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 no. He was, he just, was all, as he was spinning. Yeah, he was correct. He was uh, Connor had nowhere. No, to he go had nowhere to go. And uh, damaged the nose. That's right. He had to come in and change the nose cone on the number twenty-five uh, BMW. Nick Yellow is uh, turning some good laps now. Took him a long time. He, he told me earlier on it takes it takes seven or eight laps to get get these uh, the tire tires up to temperature, and uh, that's about that's about right from what he was uh, telling me. From now he's fully up to speed. Uh, and he turned a 134.3 last time around, which was by far and away the quickest GTP time. Uh, the bad news is he's already 32 seconds now, but it was 36 seconds behind a number 60 car of Tom Blomqvist. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, Paul Taylor says, any idea why the number seven, Philippe Nazikar, has front and rear lights flashing? Uh, seemed to start dropping back from the number six. They're flashing now because he's in the pit lane uh, for that number seven. Uh, they flash a dark purple. Uh, I'll check when he goes back out again. It normally means pit lane speed limiter is engaged. However, the LED lights, if you're watching on IMSA TV... Oh, wow, that car's going behind the wall. Oh, wow. Drama. Drama for a car that has led the race. This is the Porsche number seven. And straight through to the end of the pit lane, and the, you have to drive quite a long way around to get back to the paddock here. The yeah, I thought he was losing ground to the uh, to the sister car. These last three or four laps, he's been struggling a bit. It's going to release Philip Albuquerque, which is going to be interesting. Release the Albuquerque. Uh, just to finish off the point about the flashing lights. Uh, it's uh, it's unusual to see that. It's normally the pit lane speed limit that, that brings them on, uh, Paul. Uh, but sometimes they do get out of phase. The LEDs get out of phase with the the cameras. But I, I wonder if he was getting some kind of issue with the pit lane speed limit button then, and that's why they were coming on because that's the time that you normally see them flashing. The rear lights flash when the, the rain lights need to be on. So here's the first chink in the armour that hasn't been accident predicated for the GTP cars. And it is Felipe Naza for Porsche Penske Motorsports. And the travails of Porsche Penske Motorsports continue with this new car. Hopeful, They were hopeful of some redemption after... Le Mans did not go in any way, shape or form how they wanted. Straight through the pitch here, Adam, and behind the wall. For what reason? Problems with the hybrid system. Uh, this is very similar to what we saw with the BMW at the start of Daytona at the uh, 24 hours. Remember, there was a very early problem with one of the BMWs. 
Now it's at the Porsche. Well, it's been... They've had... I think they swapped the battery pack at Le Mans. Spinner Oops. at the last but one corner, and that's Jared Andretti in the black and white number 36. He's straight into the pit lane. And the 39 car... The 36 car, excuse me, uh, was right up there. Yeah, but it's, it was running in third place. Already dropped down to fifth. A new set of tyres for Jarrett. He's out of the car. Sticker Michelin's going on and Gabby Chavez about to get in the car. Meantime, Porsche Penske Motorsports. Now, they can't touch that car. Now, this is interesting. Just a spin on his own, I think, for Jarrett Andretti. The safety light is not on. So that Porsche, as she has... Alluded to, we saw one of the BMWs right at the start of Daytona pull off the track and sit on its own for quite some time. That was the hybrid safety area, the HV high-voltage safety area, and that's where the Porsche is at the moment. And the team are being told quite clearly by the AMR safety crew that they can't touch the car until the green light's on. And uh, they've arrived wanting to get that car back to its uh, paddock area to work on it. Well, big drama there. The battery pack and the hybrid is a spec part for all the GTPs. Porsche did pretty much all of the early development on it because they were on the road first just over a year ago. However, the software and control systems that the individual manufacturers use, that, that they can do themselves. That's a free item, if you will, to have development on. Still waiting to have clearance for the car to be touched. The driver's door is open. The drivers are told not to get out unless they can do it without touching the car on the ground at the same time. So it's climb onto the side pod and then jump off and still that Porsche is sitting there on the pit return road the paddock return road actually which I presume is the designated HV safety zone they're talking to Felipe Nasser to talk him through trying to get that car into a safe state so that it can be manoeuvred back to its pit lane it's sister car Mathieu Jaminet by nearly seven seconds. Ahead of Philippe Albuquerque in second for Konica Manolda Acura. The 60 Acura. Tom Blomqvist in third place. is another eight and a half back. Then it's a minute back to Nick Yellily. And the BMW M Hybrid V8. The remaining car after Farfus had a problem. Pit stop now for Timon van der Helm and JDC Miller. This looks all pretty standard. Just making sure the wheels have gone on correctly. Fuel still going in. Everything being checked. Tyres being tidied up. And Simon van der Helm takes the number five. Bright yellow JDC Miller. Porsche 963 back into the fight. In LMP2, it's cried strike racing by some uh, 21 seconds from Alec Quinn in the PR1 Matheson number 52. Ryan DL now is five seconds further back in the number 18, the Blue Era. Orica in third. Dakota Dickerson leads Junior 3 Racing's charge at the head of the P3 category. 
He's being closed down in that junior three, number 30, by the AWA, number 70, of Nico Varone. Seven tenths of a second. 7.47. That's a jumbo battle going on at the head of the field. I'll get the court. 20 seconds further back, Josh Burden for Riley in the 74 machine. And in GTD, Ben Barnicott has all of a second in the Vassar Sullivan Lexus ahead of Iron Lynx's Lamborghini Huracan. 14 from 63, Andrea Calderelli behind the wheel. And GTD, it is Michelle Gatting still leading for Iron Dames in that uh, Lamborghini. So Iron Dames, Iron Link having a great run. The number 83 car ahead of the 12. That is Frankie Montecalvo in the Lexus at about a second's deficit. So... Lexus versus uh, Lamborghini in both of the GT classes with Lexus leading Pro and Lamborghini leading Am. That's your VP Racing update with three hours and 30 minutes to go. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio with IMSA TV. John Hindoff, Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam on duty today. Two weeks away from our Canadian Tire Motorsport Park coverage. Put that in your diary. Next weekend, want to watch a bit of motor racing. And we'll be, some of the team will be at Classic Le Mans next Saturday and Sunday, live in sound and vision. 52 wins car bouncing over the curbs for Paul Loop Chatin, PR1 Math, Matheson Motorsports. The car that he's taken over from Ben Keating was fully committed through the bus stop let's pick up on some other battles BMW number 96 sitting in a sandwich of two pro cars who are having their own scrap, Robbie Foley in the 96 car with behind him the 60 uh, that would be the 62 Ferrari the Risi car who's battling with the number nine Klaus Bachler-driven Faf Motorsports. That's for third and fourth, and Robbie Foley, himself fourth in GTD, uh, is in the middle of that battle. Off for the McIntosh BMW, the number 95. That's been on the grass at turn seven. And regains the circuit, and there's a slow-moving prototype. It's the number 10. Oh, my goodness me. Left, left Another rear. problem. Left it's a rear. left rear issue. The tyre and wheel have gone. It's not a puncture. It's a missing tyre and wheel. For they, they haven't been in the pits for no. ages. Philippe Albuquerque in second place. He's already lost that. Well, he's got a shortcut, and this will lose him a lap. Taking that shortcut loses him the lap. Wow. Bo Barfield, our race director, did ask drivers to do that if they had a problem rather than limping round. So, oh, what a... I mean, this was second place. He was charging. And he hasn't been in the pits for, what, 25, 30 minutes, Jeremy? Oh, uh, no, long, well, longer than that. He, he last pitted on lap uh, 55, not in 79, so 24 laps. Wow. Yeah. Now, where's the tyre and wheel? Yeah, I, gone. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. is it safe? Is, is it safe? Yeah. That's it. That was the exactly yeah. my thought, Jeremy Shaw. Oh my goodness! Very close to being picked up. He's right on the fast exit of turns 
number 10, and there's three or four cars had to go either side of him there. Something went past so quick that I couldn't even recognise the machine. And it was so close to a huge accident. Nothing Felipe could do. All he's got to do is try and get that car back. A huge story developing here then with Tom Blomqvist in the second of the Acuras, having gone through into second, Nick Yellowly to third. An ex he is he is into the pit lane. The tyre and wheel is at it's just on the exit of the inner loop, the bus stop. Yeah, so it's 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 pretty safe there, I think. And I don't think they'll need to go get it. I, I think you're probably right. But I think they, if there's a caution comes yes. out, somebody will get it. Yes. Um, it's in the runoff, actually. I think that's gone on the run in. Yeah, look, the, the whole it, it's all spinning. Uh, there's no yeah. there's no wheel nuts on the left rear. Yeah. And the axle is still spinning around. Sheer Adam is down there. So they're going to have a look to see what's happened. They'll be looking at the thread and seeing if they can get a wheel onto there. New Michelin tyre goes on. Ooh, that didn't sound like it was tightening up, did it? They're putting fuel in. They might as well. That's smart. It's just the one tyre, the left rear. Communication with the fueler. It's all on you. He nodded. He realised. And he's back out. But he has dropped down to fifth and he's off the lead lap Jeremy yeah he is yeah no that's uh, that's not good news look at look at this uh, note come up on the screens here car 62 78 and 83 they're top of the, three of the top contenders in either GTD or GTD Pro mechanical black flag for tyre requirements we've seen a lot of that in this race this is tight we think this is about uh, tyre pressures. So this started very early in the lap. How unlucky for Philippe Albuquerque. It was actually off. The tyre the had actually, or the nut had fallen off somewhere, I think, round about turn one. Now, we were wondering why the 95 BMW had been knocked to bits, the Macintosh Pro machine, uh, the Turner Motorsport machine, and that was because it was helped off at turn number seven. So close to a big accident when Albuquerque was coming back. Um, coming out at turn... I mean, there's nothing he can do, Jeremy. He's trying to get it back to the pits, but he was right in the firing line on the exit at turn 10, and something swept past him. And when I say something, I, I, I'm pretty certain it was a prototype, but I can't tell you whether it was GTP, P2 or P3 and just missed the back of it. Wow. So this is another big turn, another big swing of the pendulum here. Porsche lead from Acura by 10 seconds. BMW another 39 seconds away in third in GTP. If we know anything, Jeremy Shaw, we know that WTR have come back from worse than this. They have one day torn up a couple of laps from a couple of laps down, so they know that they can get back. They'll need a bit of luck, but the the fight back started the moment that new left rear tyre went on. Yep. 
Absolutely oh, right. Can you believe it? On the way out of the pits, drive-through for the number 10, pit lane speed violation. That's their second drive-through, plus one. On the pit lane speed, it was definitely not on the way in because he wasn't even making pit lane speed. So that's on the way out. I wonder if they've not calibrated their yeah. speed. Yeah, I mean, uh, pit lane speed. That's twice they've gone through on a plus one, Jeremy. Yeah, they've had uh, yeah, two practice sessions that didn't have qualifying, of course, and then the warm up this morning. I mean, they made a bunch of pit stops during this event. And I don't actually recall whether they had any issues with that during the practice sessions, but to have them in the race is really surprising for a team of that calibre. Wicker Bill asking on IMSA Radio, why didn't they replace all four tyres on the WTR car? They will be working their tyre strategy. You only get so many sets of tyres and a couple of spares normally, so they'll want to keep full new sets for later in the race. That's my guess, Wicker. Answers on a postcard, or more properly on Twitter, please, at IMSA Radio. Now, here are some drive-throughs being served. This is the number 10 car coming back through for Philippe Albuquerque. Also making a pit stop. Uh, a yellow prototype. I was about to say that Porsche's been in recently, but of course that was the 85 to Kane. Dan Goldberg brought the car into the pit lane for JDC Miller. Still running the LMP3 car as well. Uh, now... Michelle Gatting's just been in and out of the pits. That was that was the same that, thing. Was, the, that yeah. was the that was another drive-through. So, yeah. uh, Shea two, Adam two was watching that. That was full service. Uh, they had to put tires on. No, the that was the, there was a mechanical black bag for the tire infringement. So they have to change the tires. Correct. For ones that have the Proper the right pressures. pressures. Correct. Yep. So it, it, it's a penalty, but you are forced to change tires at that point. And we've still got the number 62 Risi Competizione Ferrari to do that as well. So that's dropped her from the lead down to at least fourth, I think. Maybe not beyond that. Kenton Cook's gone through. Roman D'Angelis has gone through. So that's going to be a huge, huge advantage, Jeremy Short, of Vasa Sullivan and the number 12, Frankie Montecalvo in the GTD battle. Well, it really is because uh, the, the, the sister car is leading in GCD Pro, Ben Barnicott's at the wheel of that car now, just ahead of Andrea Caldarelli in the Iron Lynx Lamborghini, those two have been well, no, they're separated by 1.7 seconds last summer and that's about the most they've been separated the entire race I think they pulled out a long way over all the other GCD cars the next one is the, the class leader in GCD non-pro, as you say, that's Frankie Montecalvo who's about 6 seconds ahead of Klaus Backler, who's having a, a lengthy battle with Robbie Foley yeah. and David Arrigo, number 62 Ferrari, who has that same penalty to serve. He's had that same mechanical black flag for the last couple of laps. You might be wondering, Dave, you're a listener, what that's all about. We believe it to be uh, tyre pressures. The uh, Working with the tyre supplier at Michelin, there is a minimum tyre pressure uh, for the tyres when they leave the pit lane and at this track with the sharp curbs and the high energy loadings uh, in the long fast corners, Michelin come up with what they call their pre-code that 
advises the teams about some things and mandates about the others. So Castor and Camber, how the wheel is presented to the ground by the suspension effectively and tyre pressures. Tyre pressures affects tyre temperature, tyre temperature also affects tyre pressures. So getting the right starting pressure is absolutely crucial to give you the longevity and the tyre performance that you need. For example, if you pump your road car tyres up too far, it will feel pretty rotten. My hire car had far too high tyre pressures when I picked it up on Tuesday, and I had to guess what I was going to need to do with warm tyres to get it down to a 33 PSI on the cold pressures. And you get it somewhere pretty close and the, the handling goes back to decent and then you carry on from there. IMSA penalising those cars then for incorrect tyre pressures. Renge van der Zander back in uh, the team looking at tyre pickup on that car and some balls of other people's rubber. Meantime, a significant moment here as Mathieu Jaminet on pace is about to put a lap on the number 10 Conning Minolta Acura which is already a second lap, one yeah. lap down one lap down due to its problems with the rear tyre and Jaminet in full hunter killer mode is trying to put it two laps down this would be significant with still just over half of the race to go one lap well you might get that back with a safety car two laps you're going to need a bit more luck Wayne Taylor and the rest of the team at Conningham and Alter are well versed in coming back from seemingly completely lost causes. But it's clear to me that Jaminet and Porsche Penske Motorsports have told them and told uh, Jaminet, hey, Mathieu, you get a chance, you put them a lap down, do it without any major risk to yourself and the car. But if you can do it, do it. Because that's a car that they would have expected Jeremy Short to be battling for for the win here. Absolutely right, yes, because the... the oh, Jaminet's pitting. There you go. is pitting, so that's the end of that little fight. So from the lead of the motor race, two hours and 43 minutes gone. So just over three hours to go. And here comes the number six. Down to the end of the pit lane. Sun shining on the pit lane at the moment. Those threatening clouds have disappeared a little bit. TDS Racing has followed them in in the uh, yellow and red car. That's That will be their pit lane speed violation as the Porsche pulls up next to Shea Adam. Fuel and tires for this stop. No driver change. It looks like Matsu Gemini staying aboard, but they are giving him a new drinks bottle. Very kind of Porsche Penske Motorsport as the four new tires going on this car. So now is the time of day where it is hot enough where you cannot double stint. You need the fresh rubber on every stop. Oh, a windshield tear off for Matsu as well as Porsche being extra nice to him. Waiting on the fuel and the energy replenishment, but other than that, very clean stop. track a couple of laps ago I think the Cadillac of Alexander Sims getting past the uh, for Nick Yellow's BMW he's pulled away a lot too what happened there I missed that I don't think the uh, BMW's in the pits so that must have been on a previous lap then so um, number th the Alexander Sims has been really charging along here all the way through 
his uh, he's in the middle of a double stint now. He was the first of the GTP cars to make this sort of kind of scheduled, really second stop of the day. Um, way back on lap 70, we now competed at lap 87 for the leaders. It's Tom Blokus who goes through into the lead once again, showing good. Um, energy saving in that number 60 car for Maya Shank racing with, with Kerbanger Janin. The Acura out front then. And uh, he is, a, he says that one more time, so 88 laps in the books now. 135.2 last time around for Tom Blokus. His fastest lap of the race uh, was a 33.6. Well, that car's fastest lap of the race was a 33.6. That was actually set early on by Colin Brown. Uh, but uh, he's yeah, settled into a good pace now, has Tom Blomqvist. Uh, and uh, he will be the next of the drivers, I think, uh, to make a pit stop. Uh, along with the BMW of Nick Yellowley. How many laps are the GTPs getting, Jeremy, roughly speaking? Around about 30, they can yeah. do, I think. So uh, 30, well, he's done 31, so it'll be 32 if he comes in next time around for Tom Blomqvist. That's pretty good. BMW is in the pits. Uh, that is Nick Yalalisha. Adam was confidently predicting that. And oh, I hear the squeak of a BMW brake. Yes, yes, you do. As they open the door and they are doing a data stick change for Yalalisha. That's something else we haven't talked about yet. They have to change the data sticks between. Hours two and four in this race to then bring it to IMSA and make sure that they're doing everything exactly by the book. But this is interesting because these are not shiny new Michelin slicks going on to the car. They are scrubbed Michelin slicks going on the car. So they've had a little bit of wear. These potentially could have been the tires that they were looking to use in qualifying at the beginning of the session to send their driver out to get a feel for what the track would be like. Uh, they look a bit worn in, but not terrible. Just waiting on the energy at this point, fuel and energy. And Nick Yellowley staying aboard for another go. Oh, I said go and you did. <laughs> They're all listening to you, shit. See what happens when you say stop. No, no, don't. Everything's fine. And don't say the R word at all. We're quite happy with a bit of sunshine uh, with three hours and 13 minutes to go. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Just on half past six in the UK, half past seven in Central Europe. It's uh, just coming up to Half one in the afternoon, European, uh, sorry, uh, Eastern summertime. Few clouds in the distance, but they have been nowhere near as threatening as they were earlier on. It's turning into a nice afternoon. Track temperatures settling in to around about the early to mid 90s uh, Fahrenheit. That's 34 Celsius and a huge penalty. Potentially, this could change the face of the race. The leading Porsche has been given a warning for powertrain parameters. So this will be overpowered. This is measured by the uh, by torque sensors on the output shafts, the drive shafts, and the Porsche then I, I, overproducing. Yeah, or, or possibly... Uh uh, they have a maximum amount of energy they're allowed to use during a stint. Is that different? To, to well, that? That, that says powertrain parameters rather than energy it does, limits. It does, it does. Um, we've seen this in the World Endurance Championship. Um, actually, when a well, sensor they failed... Have, they have a maximum power limit for the 
combination of Correct. the uh, internal combustion engine and the hybrid system. Those are tweaked regularly for the for the uh, for the Porsche. It's set at uh, 515 kilowatts, which is actually one more kilowatt than they had at the previous round at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. And you make a good point there, Jeremy, because the hybrid here is not a push-to-pass type of operation. It works in tandem with the internal combustion engine in all of the GTP cars and, indeed, all of the hypercars in the ACO version of the top class. And you are given that uh, power, that, that upper power limit. Now, that could be coming all from the battery... It could be coming all from the internal combustion engine. And I'll tell you now, the internal combustion engines can make all of that power should they need to. Where the clever bit is, is that management software that we talked about, which is free for the teams to develop themselves, the manufacturers to develop themselves. And that's the clever bit, how you manage the usage of your battery and the power that's coming from the internal combustion engine, but you must stay under the limit that is given in the regs for each of the events. And that's what I think they're being called for. And it's measured, it's not what goes in. Thierry Bouvier told us this, it's what comes out. In comes the number 60 car, keep an eye on that. So it's what comes out at the wheels. So your gearbox losses, anything through your electric motors, all of those losses, that's not taken into account. It's exactly what comes out of the wheels, to the wheels, via the drive shaft. So there's a torque sensor from the series on the drive shaft, and that must be operational all the time. Toyota lost a race at Portimao when a sensor went down. They had to change the drive shaft uh, and get that information back to the series. Let's go down to Shea Adam, who's watching the 60 Acura, the Maya Shank car. Fuel, tires, energy replenishment, windshield tear-off, but possibly the most important part was a water bottle handed into the cockpit for Tom Longfest. I'm wondering if maybe he's having some kind of an issue because they did put another water bottle in. If so, it's a very warm day to not be able to have water straight to you in the car. We also had another very significant pit stop in just a couple moments ago. One pit box further up, that belongs to Corvette Racing. Fuel, tires, and the king of Spain is behind the wheel now. That's right, Antonio Garcia, two times a pole winner here at this track. He is now in for what I believe will be to the end of the race. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Uh, you can only do uh, four hours in any six, so we're well inside of that. So we have less than four, three hours and nine minutes. Hello to Steve Tarrant, who's on holiday in France at the moment. Thank goodness, he says, you're soothing my nerves. I can watch the Ames a six-hour Watkins Glen on my iPad. Nice to hear Gearbox Girl. Share Adam for the first time in a wee while. Uh, say hello to Steve, Share. Hey, Steve. There you go. Steve, I know it was the anniversary uh, a couple of days ago. We were thinking about you, mate, and your, your colleagues, particularly then after that horrible accident at Goodwood a few years ago. Glad to know that uh, you're in Syria out enjoying yourselves on holiday. It looks idyllic where you are. Three minutes and 30... Three minutes and eight... Three hours, eight minutes and 30 seconds is what I was trying to say there for the Sealand six hours of the Glen. So, around about four laps, five laps before we have the first set of points, the interim set of points for Michelin Endurance Cup. 
So before something else happens, let's give you a VP Racing in-race well, update. Yeah, well, let, before you do that, after you do that, go on. No, go on. Okay, fine. Well, the number 31 car now leads. That's the car that made that stop very early on. Correct. Alexander sitting relative to everybody else in this uh, sequence of stops in order to be out front now, uh, well, in seven minute and a half minutes' time, that's the plan. Uh, Alexander Sims, he's been turning some really good laps. We've talked about him, haven't we, fairly regularly over the last uh, hour or so. He's been turning really good laps. Uh, and he becomes, uh, th that's the sixth uh, lead change during this race. And the, the fourth different leader we've had in inside, not, not yet to the three-hour mark. So that is the leader of the race. Wheel and Engineering, that tactic might have worked for them. BDO knows strategy. We'll be looking for that in the next three hours and letting you know which of the teams amongst our 57 who started have done the best job. Whelan putting themselves in position to take the five points at the half distance for the Michelin Endurance Cup. Second, now almost a minute behind, Mathieu Jaminet, Porsche Penske Motorsports. Will they have to turn that car down a bit? Is there something that Mathieu can do on the steering wheel with the controls? I bet there is, because there's a 32-page manual uh, for the steering wheel there. Third is Tom Blomqvist, another five and a half seconds back, and then it's 50 seconds back to Nick Yellowly for the BMW, the remaining BMW. P2, Nolan Siegel in the 0-4 crowd strike, leads by about 11 seconds from Paul Lubchata in the PR1 number 52 wins car. Then Ryan DL for Aero lurking there, 20 seconds further back in third, but Guido van der Gaard is pressing him. He's in the number 35 TDS racing car, just half a second back from the Scotsman. Josh Burden for Riley, the 74 car, leads in LMP3, two Ligiers and a Ducan in the top three. Junior three, Dakota Dickerson in second, has just come into the pits, and Nico Varon, AWA in third, the Argentinian and Italian flagged driver, wears both of the flags on his race suit, he's in third. GTD Pro, Vasa Sullivan Lexus from Lamborghini at five seconds now, between Ben Barnicat in the 14 and Andrea Caldarelli in the 63 within third Klaus Bachler for Faf Motorsport a bit further back around uh, about a minute or so further back GTD Vasa Sullivan now has Turner Motorsports hassling them they got the lead remember when the Iron Dames were penalised for tyre infringements and had to do a drive through so it's the 12 Vasa Sullivan Lexus from the 96 Robbie Foley driven Turner Motorsport BMW then it's Roman De Angelis for Heart of Racing Aston Martin, the 27 car in third, another 12 seconds further back with three hours and five minutes to go. That's your VP Racing update live from Watkins Glen. Yeah, and uh, Alexander Sims leads then, and not far ahead of him on the racetrack at all is the number 25 car of Nick Yellowly. So yeah. Yellowly, uh, he wants to try and stay on the lead lap uh, this stage. He's uh, the... Uh, Cadillac is looming, uh, looming behind him here. So we've had, well, we had Porsche leading the race, we've had Cadillac now leading the race, we've had Acura leading the race, not yet BMW, but uh, they've been fast this weekend, just had no luck at all yet. But uh, if he can stay on a, stay on a lead lap, then uh, you know, he's still very much in this contest, that 25 BMW. Well, I, I, I like what you said in our 
uh, portion keys to the race, Jeremy, and uh, in Michelin Countdown at Green, that in a lot of ways, this is two, three hour races. And actually, you're quite right with that um, because there will there are people who are looking for the points for Michelin Pilot Challenge. Problems for the Air or Porsche, the number 80. This is the uh, T-Rex, Rexy, as it's affectionately known. And the right front wing, the fender around the tyre and wheel arch has worked its way loose, which gives it a, a slightly odd look on the face of that car. Uh, that might need a mechanical black flag because there's quite a lot of carbon fibre there and a headlight altogether. Looks like the rear fixing has come loose. Now, I mentioned earlier that there's been a lot of revisions to the 993 GT3, the 992 GT3 car. And one of those was making the panels easier to replace. Fewer fewer fixings as Shea Adam has got the Vassa Sullivan number 14 Pro car in the pits. That's the Lexus. Shea. Ben Barnicat staying aboard. Uh, fuel, tires, and data stick change for the 14 Lexus. Um, and I've got a, a science question. Technically, dinosaurs, would they be reptiles? Because then maybe Rexy's just shedding her skin. Yeah, absolutely right. Cold-blooded. Uh-huh. Well, well uh, T-Rex. I'm going to have to look that up now. But yes, okay, I, I see what you're saying. Fuel is finished from the Sealmaster-supported Lexus, who has to just lift for a moment as there was another car coming out it's the Inception McLaren and there was just a it's not the Inception McLaren at all uh, it is the uh, the other Ferrari wasn't it that was just coming out of the pit lane and the Triasi Competizione car with on a Frio Triasi behind the wheel the Zero 23 Uh, just had to lift then from Ben Barnicat as he was exiting the pits. Now, have we had that pit stop and drive through for the three Corvettes? I think we have. As it's now dropped down. Mentioned earlier on, we've got a full house GT3 version of that car coming shortly. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Time plus one lap for all of our teams if you want to score the Michelin Endurance Cup points. That's a good point. I've just seen a team jump up on the wall. That would be the 27 Heart of Racing. They lead the Michelin Endurance Cup by a lot after their great performance at the 24 Hours a Day total, which they came away with some new Rolexes. They've gotten up on the wall, and I went over to the guys and said, you're coming in at three hours elapsed plus one lap, right? Yeah. And they went, uh... Let me ask Phil. And then all of a sudden the discussion went on. So, guys, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shit. Uh, just a quick run then as we're coming to half distance of those cars that had problems. Augusta Farfus for the BMW team RLL machine had a, an issue right at the very start. Oh, my goodness. Hang on a minute. 
Shea Adam, what have you just been talking about? Look who's in the pit lane. I know, and I told them not to. I said time plus one lap, guys. This means they're going to score the minimum number of points, which will be two at the three-hour mark. Now, as I said, they do have a very healthy lead, but cars chasing them in those points include the 32, Team Cawthorf. This is going to move them up a position, meaning that they're going to gain one more point than they would have. That's valuable. Uh, the 44 Magnus Racing Aston Martin and the number one Paul Miller Racing Lamp, uh, BMW. Wow, sorry about that, Paul. Um, but that means that those two cars already scoring only two points. It's going to help the 32 more than anyone else. And that's five points that Heart of Racing has just given up. Also into the pit lane is the number 12 Lexus. Looks like fuel and tires for them. I did not see a driver change for Frankie Montecalvo. Might have just been. I saw the door net and the drive, the driver's door open, but sometimes they kid us uh, with that. It is Parker Thompson who took that car out. Let me quickly, as these pit stops are coming, we'll get the results at the end of the third hour through from IMSA as official in a moment, because as, as Shea rightly said, it is plus one lap. Augusto Farfus, lap one, turn one, uh, Nick one, Pearl one, and uh, that 24 car was out for BMW. He's got a little bit Larry on him and squared into the wall. Eric Lux had problems with the number 51, Rick Ware Racing, Orica. Uh, that was uh, accident damage. Russell Ward retired the 57, Winwood Racing Mercedes, uh, after 32 laps with an overheated engine that did the AMG lump no good at all uh, after he felt he was brake-checked. High-class racing, Ed Jones and the number 20, a number of incidents for the high-class racing this uh, car this weekend. Eventually, it cried enough and the car went behind the wall. We've not seen it since. And most recently, uh, it was uh, after 74 laps or 16 laps ago, Porsche Penske Motorsports, Philippe Nazar, whilst in a dominating position with its team car at the front of the field, uh, that car with... We think hybrid problems, that's what the team have tweeted out, and had to sit in the high-voltage isolation area for quite some time before the team could even get to it. They couldn't get that car to a safe mode. Those are the cars that have had problems. In and out for the 96 BMW for Turner. Share Adam. Fuel tires, driver change. Robbie Foley is out, and I think that was Michael Dynan getting in, but I'll have to double-check. Oh, no, it could, couldn't have been. It would have been Patrick Gallagher. Um, but I am going to try and climb over the wall and see if I can find Robbie Foley, so listen out for me. It was Michael Dynan, actually. Um, came in from the lead. Uh, Guido van der Garde for TDS. LMP2, Ryan DL for Aero Motorsport, number 18. They were both at the front of the field. They both come in to the pit lane. We'll give you the points for Michelin Endurance Cup in just a few moments' time. Remind you that you are listening to IMSA Radio live from Watkins Glen. Good to have your company this afternoon. saw Jeremy Shaw into the second half of this race now and we've had a nice period where we've seen the relative performances of the cars and still I'm not prepared to put my neck on the block and say 
who I think's doing all right and who isn't, because you, we don't know, particularly in GTP, about these new tyres and when they might get used and when they might be effective. But some cracking scraps going on in GTD Pro, GTD, and both of the other prototype categories. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, it really has been a fascinating race. And the number 31 team has been kind of flying underneath the radar screen a little bit, but way out in front now. 38-second lead over Matthew Jaminet in number six Porsche. We haven't heard anything more about that warning that they had. He comes number zero four car into the pits. That's running as a leader in uh, LMP2. We should get the maximum points on that halfway mark. That's the car that won at Daytona. So they've uh, played the strategy really nicely here. Just been, over just been overtaken, by the way, by the number 10 car. Uh, that that uh, is a GTP car, of course, not for position in class. And now a whole bunch of pit stops with this three-hour mark having been made in this race. 100 laps now completed by our race leader. That's Alexander Sims. Well, Fulbert, as you're affectionately known, Robbie Foley, how were the tacos last night? Uh, very good, yeah. Uh, good to celebrate uh, a team 1-2 yesterday. Uh, great for the points, and uh, now we're fighting again today, trying to do it again. Robbie, what did you learn in yesterday's race that's helped you with the pace here today? Uh, I think the track is evolving, um, as obviously we've had a lot of rain this weekend and stuff, so now it's been dry for a while, people are putting rubber down, it's changing the balance of the car a bit, but uh, yeah, so far so good, we made a few changes in the pit stops, what we can do, but uh, trying to keep up with the track, we'll see what the weather does the rest of the day. Turner Motorsport and BMW have a phenomenal record at this venue in the six-hour race with nine wins, and or no, three wins in the last nine years, and we haven't raced every single year. What is it that just clicks about everything? Um, I think, first off, our BMWs are always very strong here. We love these high-speed, uh, flowing tracks, and, uh, yeah, the team knows how to get around here. It's not our home track, per se, but we're not too far away. Uh, we're one of the only teams based out of the Northeast, so we, we get here pretty often, and, um, yeah, our... Our cars, uh, our cars love it. How long of a break for you before you get back in? Not super, not so sure. Probably a couple hours till uh, the, maybe the last hour or two. So uh, the other guys will, will uh, get going and do a good job and try to keep us at the front, and then I'll jump in for the end. Good luck at the end of this one. Thanks. I'm looking for shrimp and chicken tacos, by the way. <laughs> sure, we'll do it. Ooh, yes, please. Uh, 31, Will and Cadillac in. That is from the lead. Alexander Sims and the strategy worked, Jeremy. They split and came in on a short run about uh, 40 minutes ago to get them through the three-hour mark and get the points for the Michelin Endurance Cup. Tick, mission accomplished. Yeah, um, but what's interesting, particularly interesting about that is uh, before... They, it made its, its stop kind of out of sequence with everybody else. It was running in fourth position, and it was about three, four, three, four, five, six seconds behind the leader. Now everybody else has made that same, same stop, and it's 40 seconds almost uh, ahead of everybody else. So uh, it's been, that was a great effort there by Alexander Sims. Uh, that, that stint was he's coming on lap 101. He made his stop on lap 70, so that's 31 lap stint for him. That's interesting because the number 60 car did a 34 lap stint last uh, on its last um, last before it last during its last pit stop it was 34 laps, which is a lot, lot, three laps. That's quite a differential, and it's been staying out longer than everybody else all the way along. Really interesting this race, how it's unfolding. 
right turn lover in the centre of Europe, in Switzerland. Is the hybrid management software homologated, i.e. cannot be changed once submitted? Or is that something the manufacturers can still fiddle with? And could a customer team write its own? Um, they can still fiddle with it. Uh, Joseph97 rightly remembers that BMW made some changes to the software before Long Beach uh, and continued to do so. Uh, and that is a huge part. Talk to the guys from Acura and HPD. It's a huge part of what these guys are learning about the cars in the early parts of their development. These cars barely a year old in some cases. The Porsche, the oldest, if you will, uh, of the GTP cars, they were out in January 2022 to do their testing and did the lion's share of the testing for the batteries and the motors which are spec parts now the question about the team software is very interesting because we were debating this at Le Mans and whether a customer team to a Porsche for example because that's the only customer GTPs out there at the moment LMDHs um, and whether they if if they've got somebody who knows what they're doing can tune the software or make some differences to the software I think the answer is yes because of the fact that it isn't homologated in the same way as a customer team doesn't have to run the same shock or spring settings or tyre pressures or wing settings uh, or fuel maps as, as the factory cars would now whether anybody will do that particularly at this stage of the development of these cars now that's a different question but whether they could do it, I think yes. But it's something that we um, decided we were going to try and follow up on at Le Mans. And I have to say, having been busy with the Flywheel Festival last weekend and then straight out here on Tuesday, I haven't had a chance to sit down. But I know exactly who I'm going to speak to about it. And I will get an answer about that. But my feeling is that it is something that can be uh, changed, improved... Uh, by the uh, manufacturer and by the and possibly by the teams as well um, I'm, my interest is piqued by looking out the window and seeing the number 60 Sirius XM Acura coming back in, Shea, Adam that's too early, he's only been out a few laps Yeah, I feel like it was just a few minutes ago I was calling this stop right after calling the Corvette racing stop, right rear tyre is the only one that they've changed so far they are topping him off and the energy replacement is taking longer than the tire change. Now he's free to go, right rear only. Mm. And back yeah, out again. Okay. What that was all about because that was only the, the previous lap was 34 laps. This one was uh, was just 11, uh, 12, I guess, for number 60 car. So dropping out of second position. The, uh, the the uh, pit stop for number 31 car, of course, will bring uh, make it make things a bit more comfortable now for number 25 BMW that's solidly on the uh, on the lead lap now. So about around about a minute behind Matthew Jaminet, who leads the race again in car number six. That's our seventh lead change with the number six Porsche regaining the lead on lap 102. Lap time uh, for the leaders, 135.7 last time around for our race leader. That, that seems to be the 
the, sort of the, the, the average regular pace for the GTP cars. Uh, they can go quicker than that. The fastest laps, uh, pretty much all of them being in the 33s. But 35 is about the kind of the average, if you like. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not many laps in the 34s when I look back through here because because they, they count in traffic just about every lap. They don't really get any clear laps here. Another penalty. Best, best lap of the race in... Uh, GTD Pro, John, yep. uh, by Andrea Caldarelli uh, in the number 63 Iron Lynx Lamborghini. He's running in second place position, second position still, uh, and about, about a couple of seconds now behind Ben Barnicot, who continues to lead for Vassa Sullivan in the number 14 Lexus. Another tranche of penalties, uh, one quite serious here, the number 40. Two car, I'm afraid, has made contact with a member of the pit crew. That's the NTE Sport machine, the Lamborghini. Uh, Sheer Adam saw that one, I think. It wasn't one of their own uh, crew, Sheer. Uh, it was MLT Motorsports, one of the crew guys from them uh, that was ultimately hit, and he is still being attended to by medical personnel. Uh, leg pain for him. That'll be a drive-through there, and another penalty for Wayne Taylor Racing. Minimum fuel refueling time. Uh, broken out of the bracket there. That's going to be a stop and hold for ten seconds. Stop and ten second hold. This is not. Be this is one of the races that even by Wayne Taylor's uh, long experience, he will want to forget. They, they've done so well down through the years. And they've had, they've managed to pull results from all sorts of weird places. It may not be their day today. I'm still not calling it over. Oh, here's another one. Leader in GTD, Patrick Liddy in the 78 Forte Racing, powered by USRT. Another tyre requirement, mechanical black flag. This again will be tyre pressures going out of the pit lane. Ugh. That's the second one for that. Uh car unless it's already served it well oh, the, no so that's just the cars are running first and second have both had those penalties already the first and second now in gtd the two lamborghinis patrick liddy is just ahead of michelle gatti they're together on the racetrack so so amazingly after michelle gatling served hers and dropped down to i think sixth uh, with everything else that's happened and the pit stops she's now going to retake the lead when the 78 car that they were fighting with before manages... Uh, sorry, no, it was the um, it was the Vassa Sullivan Lexus, wasn't it, they were fighting with before. Uh, so she will go back into the lead of GTD. Extraordinary. This, as I was explaining before, if you are just joining us, this comes down... Effectively, this is a safety call for tyre pressures. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain this is what this is about. This is not the wrong tyres going on the cars. And here comes the black and green, number 78. They will have to stop at their pit. They will have to change onto a new set of correctly pressured tyres. It's a brand new set of Michelins that are going on there. Uh, they will. They are allowed to... Uh, they are allowed to fuel, I think. Yes, the fuel hose has gone on. So... Basically, it's not ruining your race, but it's taking you off strategy, Jeremy. It's not a drive-through 
with nothing happening because you've True. got to change those tyres. And you might think, oh, well, you're giving them an advantage because you're making them change the tyres. No, no, you're changing the tyres because IMSA thinks that you have... Uh, IMSA is saying that you have broken the tyre requirements and therefore, I suppose, you're, you're out of kilter technically. Yeah, really, really frustrating for uh, those teams that are having that, that, that issue. And Yeah, I mean, we, we're kind of speculating, aren't we, that it is tyre pressure. It's got to be. But I don't think there's much else that can be done. And, you know, they have the same information that uh, IMSA has. And I'm, I've never seen this many uh, penalties of that ilk during, during a race. I know. I know. Well, we oh. have we have somebody oh, here. Right. We can have the right answer. You now. see, ask and thou shalt receive. Uh, we'll get to our guest in just a moment. Two hours, 43 minutes and 35 seconds. And uh, we... We have our very own Michelin man in the, uh, at the moment. How are you, sir? I'm very well. How are you, Jan? I'm very well. Um, it's been a bit of a challenge for you and the Michelin Tire Techs this weekend. The weather um, and the, the heat wasn't playing. Let's take that first of all. The, the, uh, the thought of overnight that uh, you would add another tyre compound, which is very unusual. We haven't seen that since Daytona. Yeah, that's correct, John. You know, our team uh, is was dealing with you know quite uncertain temperatures and variable conditions here at Watkins Glen this this weekend. So, in collaboration with IMSA, we decided to uh, add a a soft high temp tire, which is our medium compound tire, in order to uh, have a, a different different tire solution for the teams. Uh, you know, based on the variable conditions we've been seeing here at Watkins Glen. Didn't, the teams didn't have a lot of time to try it, so there were extra tyres uh, available for them in warm-up this morning, I believe. Yes. Uh, uh, this is GTP only, we y- should say. Yeah, well. that's, that's correct, John. GTP only. Uh, in fact, we didn't have the tyres here on site. So we, we started uh, this process yesterday morning uh, with IMSA, and uh, we, we got the tyres here, driving all through the night to, to get the tyres here for first thing this morning to be available for the warm-up. I don't think anybody used them in the morning, though, did they? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, uh, everyone everyone with the, went with the MHD tire. Yeah. Can you t- Do you know, can you tell us, well, uh, do you know who has used the, uh, the softer tire during a race so far? I, I don't believe anybody has, but right. I, I'm not 100% certain on that at this point in time. Well, you've, been, you've been away from the data. Uh, the, the, the other thing, can you let us know, we're seeing a lot of drive-throughs and tire changes for tire requirements black flag effectively a mechanical black flag is that tire pressure infringements that we're seeing there yeah that that's correct it, it appears that the, you know some of the teams are having some tire pressure uh, system, uh, system issues uh, or concerns uh, you know new regulation that IMSA put in place the stop and repair so uh, so yeah you know teams are uh, unfortunately having to deal with that well uh, how, how, did, how did you manage to get the tyres here so quickly for the GTPs, by the way? Did, were they literally driven in overnight? They were literally driven in overnight. Uh, thanks to our, our trackside partner, Jackson Motorsports, in, in the collaboration, uh, we were able to get them uh, out of the warehouse on, on some trucks, driving throughout the night. Uh, I think they arrived like 3 a.m. Uh, at, oh, wow. the, at the track, 6, a, 6 a.m. waiting for us to, to open up and, and get them mounted. So a lot of collaboration, a lot of work. 
we're about halfway through the season now. Uh, the GTPs in particular, brand new for, for this year, gathering data all the time. And that, working with him, so you were bringing in a slightly more durable tyre for this race. That was a, effectively a, the third compound that we've seen this weekend. We expected only to see one, as we said. Is that all coming from the data that you're getting from the races? Yeah, exactly. So, so of course, we capture a lot of data during during the race activity, but we look at historical temperatures and conditions of, of any racetrack, and based upon what we know, last year was very hot here, tra- high track temperatures. This this weekend, lower lower condition, lower temperature conditions, uh, you know, and and so we we had the right solutions. What what, what would be normal conditions here at Watkins Glen? And I, in fact, you're kind of seeing seeing that right now. It's very hot out. Track temp 41 Celsius. That's more what you were thinking about, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. You weren't thinking about 25 and 26 that we saw yesterday. <laughs> not not at all. And I think I joked last time when I was here. Uh, you know, we're working on trying to control the weather. We just haven't figured that one out yet. You know, so we have to go based upon our expertise and what we think w- will work best uh, for for the teams. It's a it's a huge undertaking for Michelin to take on not just this series but everything else in the IMSA paddock, and clearly it's a work in progress because things do change. And when you've got a single tyre, yeah, you have to be pragmatic enough to say, well, that's not necessarily going to work exactly rightly right the way through the season, and that's the attitude you and IMSA are taking. Exactly, exactly. Again, strong collaboration between IMSA and us to to understand the situation, how to adapt. In a very dynamic situation, I, we made the right, right call, right decision based upon what we were seeing here and the variable conditions. And so, you know, we made it happen. Whether or not, you know, we needed it in the end, that remains to be seen. But we made the right choice. Uh, where does that all that information come from, Jason? Yeah, so so uh, we have performance analysis uh, people here on site and working in France, collecting all the data, analyzing the data to see what works best and what we need out of the tire. You know, we locked this spec for GTP for, for the next two years, but we're in that development cycle already trying to think about what that tire needs to look like for 2025 based upon what we're seeing right now. You'll have had a huge amount of information from the WEC at Le Mans, including some in IMSA teams as well in the hypercar class, which includes LMDH, which are uh, GT GTP cars. They use two of the same compounds as you do here. Is that transferable information absolutely what we see in in the WEC uh, is translatable to what we see here in IMSA and we constantly collaborate uh, with our our colleagues in France and the team that handles the WEC uh, and what are we getting out of this as motorists and what are you getting out of this as, as Michelin tyre in terms of street as, in terms of road tyres I knew, know for example the new Pilot Sport 5 has, has just come out elements of that that you've learned from the track yeah ab- absolutely you know why we why we race one of our core core messages is is really using racing as a innovation innovation lab and t- testing new technology in the most grueling of conditions driving technology learning from here taking it and putting in our street tires uh for for maximum grip maximum durability those are all things we're trying to achieve here and and learning uh, again in the most grueling of conditions and putting into street tires that consumers can buy every day this is a pretty big event we've got uh 57 cars here we've had pilot challenge we've had porsche uh, we've got, I mean, all right, uh, Bridgeton, uh, p- p- uh, partner company to you for, for Masters uh, as well. So how many tyres have you had to bring 
this weekend? Yeah, for the for the Glen, uh, we brought six thousand tires. <laughs> uh, so so it's been a, a, a strong undertaking by our team and our trackside partner. Uh, you know, so that was thirty five hundred slicks, the twenty five hundred wet tires. You know, we're always prepared. You know, uh, uh, we're always prepared for the for the conditions at hand. Yeah, we had to pull an audible and drive overnight to get some uh, different different compound tires. But again, the team's always up to task. Uh, good collaboration between IMSA, our team, and our trackside partner. I'm really pleased you remembered the the wets this weekend because yeah. it was particularly wet. Um, we couldn't even go out. It was it was it was that wet. Um, those wet weather tires. How do they differ from the slicks? Obviously, the the visual is the sipes, the the grooves that are in there. But how do they differ in terms of compound and construction? Yeah, the compound is, is going to be specifically designed to handle you know wet weather uh, tech, uh, conditions more than the the you know maximum grip type compound uh, that we would have on a GTP or on a commercial tire in GTD. Uh, so yeah, certainly the the compound is going to be different. The construction of the tire is going to be different, and of course the look is going to be different. It has uh, actual grooves in it for, for wet weather uh, conditions. Uh, next we go to Canadian Tire Motorsport Park up in Canada. It's only two weeks away. How's the planning going for that? Yeah. And um, and what is your long range weather forecast saying? Because yeah. you guys have got to make these calls right now, haven't you? A- absolutely. You know, we, we, we would generally say that what we see in Watkins Glen is going to be very similar to what we see in CTMP as far as the temperature is concerned. Yes, all bets are off on, on rain. Uh, we, can't, we can't really forecast that too far in advance but you know we come to the glen prepared to support ctmp so everything we need for for ctmp is already here generally and we've crossed the border and we're prepared to set up and and race uh, so so for us it's really about uh, uh being efficient with our logistics approach uh going across the border Jason, always good to have you. Yeah, thank, thank you very, very much, much for the time, Jason Dantzalon from Michelin Motorsport. Nice to have your company in the IMSA Global Broadcast booth. And a problem for the Canadian car. And there's been, I think, been contacted to right front issue. Welcome to those of you joining us on Viaplay UK uh, in back in Britain. Viaplay Extra joining us a few moments ago for the last three hours of this race on their free-to-air service on the Sky and other platforms. We're just over uh, halfway through this race. Two hours and 34 minutes to go. Hearing there the voice of Jason Anzalone, the man at the head of Michelin Motorsport. There have been uh, tyre concerns this weekend because we thought it might be slightly too cold. It's come up nicely, the temperature. They brought in some new softer compounds for the GTPs that haven't yet been used. I bet they are by the end of the race. Now, that front right looks locked on the Faf Porsche. Shea Adam is watching on from the pit lane. Just trying to get down close to it. Had to wait for the TDS stop to uh, complete so that I wasn't walking through that situation. But as the Porsche drove past me, the right front wheel was not turning at all. Now, they have changed all four of the Michelin tires. They pulled off a rim only a rim from the Faf Porsche. Tiny little bit of rubber left on it, but not much at all. And now they're going to put a new right front tire on, but first they have to make sure the suspension is okay. And more critically, none of the rubber wrapped itself around the uh, upright that holds it there. Didn't damage any of the suspension. Car drops off the air jack. They're telling him to go. Helps if you put it in gear. Let's see if it'll go in gear. Oh no, struggling to get it. There we go. All right, no driver change. So who was it who had that issue? Is it Klaus? 
Yes, because yes, I just was. see Patrick up on the box. Yeah, it was. Uh, they were putting a fairly strong run together. They went off strategy early on, but uh, the safety cars have pulled that back. Just on two and a half hours to go then, wherever you're watching on our free international TV feed, the global feed, at imsa.tv, plus imsaradio.com, sound and vision there, RS2 for the sound. Hit listen now and select that from the player, or handy if you're moving around or your bandwidth challenged. If you want to watch the very, very pretty pictures this weekend. And thank you to all of our camera operators who've uh, braved pretty much every season this weekend already. Uh, the little hamburger index on the top left of IMSA Radio. And the first thing in that menu is live video as well as our syndications around the world. Good to have your company. Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam and me, John Heindhoff. Into the home stretch now, under a normal IMSA race. Two hours and 40 minutes. Those past uh, eight and a half minutes ago. Here's how it stands with our VP in race update. At the top of the show, it is Porsche, Cadillac, BMW, Acura, your top four. In the shape of the number six Porsche Penske Motorsport machine, driven by Mathieu Jaminet, Alex Sims. has put a great first in, now into his second spin. They came in off kilter, the 31 Cadillac from Action Express Wheel and Engineering, to grab the five points for the Michelin Endurance Cup at uh, three hours. Jeremy's going to just check the rest of those numbers for us. Uh, Nick Yellily in third for BMW Team RLL. If you've just joined us, the 24 car. Uh, was pretty much out of it at the first corner. Augusto Farfas in the wall hard on driver's left at turn one. Then it's Tom Blomqvist in fourth position for the MSR, the number 60 uh, Cadillac ARX06. Those four on the lead lap. Everyone else has had some issues. The 0-1 was in the wall earlier on. Renga van der Zander starting the fight back. And they've had uh, a two pushed down, in fact they're two laps down now, Mike Rockenfeller for the GDC Miller Motorsports Porsche, they're also two laps down I'm not sure they've actually had any problems Jeremy, they're just running at a very conservative pace Jeremy yeah, nods no, in agreement I think, uh, I think that's about right, yeah I think that they've, they've uh, nothing major certainly um, but not quite sure how they've fallen two laps off but uh, yeah, uh, other than that it's been, it's been pretty clean for them and and I do, I did, uh, I did. The unofficial results have been posted now right. for the three arm so we can I'll, do those points. Maybe. I'll rattle through this yeah. then. Uh, Philippe Albuquerque in the number ten, Conningham and Alder Akimovic's not been there, dear. They've lost a wheel. They've had a couple of drive-through penalties for um, speeding in the pit lane. I think they had one for overpressure, uh, under-pressure tyres as well. It, it's not been a good day for WTR in the number ten. However, they have come back from worse, although not perhaps with only two and a half hours to go. LMP2 has been a great battle, and it still is, between CrowdStrike Racing by APR, Nolan Siegel leading in the 0-4. 13 seconds the gap, back to the number 52. This is the wins car, Alex Quinn, behind the wheel of the PR1 Matheson Motorsport. Um, both of the bronze drivers in those two cars, being George Kurtz and Ben Keating, have already done their 
one and a half hours there. 90 minutes were done right at the start of the race. Christian Rasmussen for Aaron Motorsport is in third place, another 16 seconds further back. And then it's Josh Nielsen, Josh Pearson for TDS Racing in fourth position. In LMP3, Dakota Dickinson and Junior 3 racing at the top by eight seconds over the Riley number 74. That's two Ligiers. Then the best of the Decanes, which was leading until it's just made its pit stop for Nico Varone. The AWA number 17, that will drop down somewhere near its team car, the 13 last curb. Uh, that's the two Duquesnes together on the track. Yes, they are, third and fourth. Trent Nestep for uh, Ave Motorsport and Glenn von Berlo is in the 36 Andretti car. They've had some issues, a couple of spins that we saw, actually one spin that we saw from those guys. In GTD Pro... It's been a street fight for the street-based cars. Ben Barnicott and Andrea Caldarelli are the latest drivers for Vassa Sullivan and Iron Lynx in respectively the 14 Lexus and the 63 Lamborghini Huracan who've been duking it out. Elbows out, fists gouging each other, whatever they needed to do. I'm only joking, it's been very close but clean racing. But you get the point. And whoever's been driving those cars, there's been barely a second between them. Third place, Davide Regon, is about 24 seconds uh, in arrears in the uh, recent competition. 296 Ferrari GT3, that's the 62 car. In GTD, Michelle Gatting is back to the head of the timing screen for Iron Dames and the Lamborghini Huracan by about two seconds from Parker Thompson for Vassar Sullivan and the Lexus. Now, that Lamborghini and Lexus have also been at it for yeah. several hours now with... Really, a, a decent gap back to the recovering heart of racing team, Aston Martin uh, Vantage. Uh, they've got uh, almost uh, 100 seconds. No, they haven't. They've just gone through now. Uh, they've got uh, about 11 seconds between themselves uh, and Robert De Angelis. They got a drive-through for hitting the Corvette tyre earlier on. And then another six, six seconds further back is Turner Motorsport in the 96, the Macintosh BMW, BMW, uh, BMW uh, M3. Now... All of that has been influenced, Jeremy, by a rash of these mechanical black flags, as we were talking to Jason Anzalone about, uh, for incorrectly pressured tyres. And there's been at least half a dozen, including the top runners in GTT, who've all been affected by that. Yeah. Running very close. The, the margins are so close here that everybody is trying to find those 1%. Yeah, and tyre pressures are critical to to getting the best out of these Michelin tyres, or getting a maximum pace out of them at least. So, uh, yeah, but, but Michelin doesn't want you to exceed their their recommendation recommended uh, specifications. So if the teams are doing that, they're going to get pinged. That's, that's, the, that's the way the rules are, and that's what everybody has to abide by. Yeah. It's Absolutely a safety right. issue. That's your VP Racing update uh, with just on two hours and 26, just under two hours and 26 to go. We'll get more from Shay Adam uh, in a moment. She's working in a very warm pit lane where the air temperature is 26. Track temperature is 43 Celsius. That's 79 Fahrenheit in the air and 109 Oops. on the track. And a big off, and that is the 0-1 there's three cars, four cars involved in that. Two Lamborghinis, the NTE, the 63's in there. That's the 42 and the 63. Also the 01 Cadillac, the uh, gold-fronted car. And is that the CrowdStrike car as well in there? Surely it can't be the leader. 
and that's all down at turn six. It's a huge samozzle. It looks like the number 01 is going to pull out of that for Renga van der Zander in the gold-fronted machine. Driver door is... Oh, that's damage to the LMP3 car, but it does get moving again. And the two Lamborghinis are left on the side of the track. That's been a heavy impact Andrea Caldarelli and Jordan Pepper's car, the Iron Links. The good news is that the although the drivers come up, the drivers does come up for Andrea Caldarelli. Uh, he is moving in the car, so it was the two Lamborghinis I think that got together. No. Oh, mistake then by what was the eighth place machine in. So that was that, the performance tech car then? I think it might be. Alex Kirby? I just saw the red and white. He just nailed it way, way too deep, got into the back of the two Lamborghinis together. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the number 38 car, isn't it? Yeah, performance tech, the red, white and black car. And the two Lamborghinis battling for the inside line into turn six. That's fine, but Kirby comes in too hot. And manages to get the both of the Lamborghinis. Uh, well, we've got a bridge here, walk over bridge, which is go bowling, and uh, he's got the spare there, hasn't he? Gone through the lot of them. Yeah, his cannonball storage on the side of that is uh, somewhat ironic, isn't it? Because bizarre. he's I mean, absolutely nailed those two yeah. Lambos. That was bizarre. When Did he just miss his braking point, uh, Jeremy? I'm not sure. Maybe Something he was not right. His mirrors. Sebastian Bourdais was looming, or, or whatever. Zero one car, Renko van der Zander was looming in his mirrors. So perhaps he just got distracted by that. It's his first race at this level for Alex Kirby. He's a good youngster from uh, from California. Uh, and he impressed the team in the testing that he did uh, before cementing this ride. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was he that clearly hit the back of those both Lamborghinis and took him out and. Uh, so a moment's, you know, and there's so much going on in these races. The concentration levels yes. are, are absolutely immense. And to hop into a car, into a race like this for the first time, it's a really tall order, particularly with all these different classes out there. So two hours, 22 minutes and 22 seconds just passed by. Oh, well done. I was just about to tell you that. Ah. Second. <laughs> and... It's not an exact run to the finish for the GTP car, so there'll still be some strategy to go. The BDO knows strategy awards to be uh, given before the end of the race and some very lovely trophies as well to go out uh, today. So contact originally between the number 38 performance tech and the two Lamborghinis, the 42 NTE car, the 63 Iron Lynx, the green car. Those two cars still having to be separated. Driver's door, I don't even know where the driver's door's gone from the Andrea Caldarelli's car, yeah. but it's so not there. Zander did a good job to, to get out of that he one. He did. I don't think he hit, he hit them. I think he got on the brakes and was able to stop. No, th there, was, there was a touch on the front of the performance tech car, but it, it was nothing, as no. of nothing, compared to what's happened to the two Lamborghini Huracans. Right, the pass around will start first while this is going on on the far side of the circuit. Hmm. Who does it? I mean, right, 
We don't like to say this, Jeremy, but who gets the benefit from this? Who's going, ooh, that's handy? Anybody? Um, you know, it depends who makes uh, a, a pit stop. The number six car for sure will be Lead in the pit. So, yes, this will give the number zero, one, and number five an opportunity to get one of their two laps back. One of their two laps back. Uh, we've got four cars on the lead lap at the front. Number 6, 31, 25, and 60. As I said, number 0, 1, and 5 Van- are, are two laps back. Number 10 car is three laps back. Van der Zander in the pits. It was a closed pit, but this will be emergency service again for that car. Now, they can fix anything that is material to being safe. And they can top off fuel if they need it, and they can change punctured tyres. I suspect they'll change the nose here, because I think that's what took the damage. Yeah, well, they've had a look. And, yes, I can see a nose piece there. Now, has that just come off, or was it not used? Looks fairly shiny and nice. Maybe it wasn't used. We'll check with that when Shea gets down there. Hmm. I suspect the two Lamborghini drivers will be saying, well, that wasn't me. Uh, was that you? That wasn't me either. What happened there? Uh, tyre wall uh, needs a bit of reconstruction as well. That probably is going to take as much, if not more, time than recovering the two stricken Huracans, to be honest. Shea Adam down in the pit lane with some news whilst we're still under caution and packing up behind the safety car. For my dear friend Dakota, and I wish you were here, and I know that you're listening back at home, Andrea is okay. The team has confirmed that. Well, that's good news. Very scary to see the driver's door uh, not on that car. But, of course, the driver's door is not what gives the protection to the driver. It's the roll cage and the sidebars. The driver's door, you can pick up with one hand. It is so light. And actually, they are made to be able to, when you open the door to its fullest extent, lift it straight off and it comes off the hinges. That's often the quickest way to change a wing mirror for example or door mirror should I say um, you unplug the, what, anything that needs to be unplugged and then you drop it down drop the new one back down on there so the good news is that Andrea Caldarelli has been talking to the team did see him moving around in the car so that's the first big tick there only two weeks to go of course before the next race now that said not all of the cars involved there uh, are full season entries this is a Michelin Endurance Cup round so therefore it does tend to attract more entries already track service is getting the stricken Iron Links green car race to inspire uh, they were having a half decent run, more than a half decent run, weren't they, Jeremy? Mm. They were right at the sharp end of the field, that number 63 car. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that, Jordan that's Pepper an, and Andrea. The, yeah, the, the number 14 Lexus and the number 63 Lamborghini were were tied together pretty much through this whole three hours. And, and mean, they were going through that th- traffic. They yeah. were passing the, the purple number 42 NTE car uh, when it all went wrong. Yeah. Um, the Lexus wasn't that far ahead, to be honest. Uh, the pits are open for prototypes. Shea Adam, go ahead. 
All righty, let me just climb back over the wall. There we go. All right, we got the signboard down for the 25 BMW, but Connor Filippi is not taking back over because he is adorned with a pink towel with frills on the top of his head. He looks like an old Yenta uh, waiting for his opportunity, but that will come a little bit later. We have a driver change going on for the 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac. Alexander Sims, brilliant stint. I'm going to actually go talk to him because he's deserved that over the course of that. And now, double stint, yes, very rightly pointed out, John and Myers, uh, Jackie has taken over and a driver change for the number six that means that nick tandy has clambered back aboard and matthew jamine gets a slight opportunity to breathe fuel and tires windshield tear off for both of those cars the zero one is back in render van Zana out and all of a sudden sebastian bourdais has clambered back aboard and for the 60 wow great pit stop for meyer shank racing 31 cadillac was the first car back out the 60 was the second. Then we have a couple of P3 cars, a couple of LMP2s. Then goes the Porsche. Very slow stop for them. I'm going to have to check on that. Then the BMW. And no surprise that the last car on the pit lane, at least as far as the prototypes is concerned, is the 01 as the 92. Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche is down the pit lane. Pits were not open for them this time by. Uh, very confused on that. That will be a subsequent penalty. Service, mm. presumably. Yeah, presumably. 92 entered a close pitches pit. That's fun. One. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, sorry. I thought you said Riley. Um, my apologies. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, yes, Kelly of course. Moss Kelly Moss Riley, with Riley. Of yeah. course it is. To, I, yes. I was looking for a prototype yes, at that point. exactly. Sorry, shit. Well done. Uh, 992 GT3R for David Brillet, uh, Alec Udell, Udell, and Julian Andlauer. Um, is Julian here this weekend? I've not, no, uh, I've not seen his name next to the car. It, uh, uh, yes, yeah, you drive number ninety-two. Ah, so they've swapped. So they've swapped him round. So Jackson Evans has been put on on. Yeah, that's the what they started off at. He, Julian's switched around between the couple, two cars last couple of races because mm. Jackson wasn't available. Got you. Um, but uh, yeah, generally it's it's Julian there with. Well, uh, David Bruley didn't do the last couple of races, so Julian hopped in to uh, join Alec Udell for those races. Hello to Tom Davies, who's been marshalling for his first time at Lydon Hill, uh, home of British Rallycross, as well as a cracking little uh, sealed circuit down there, right down to the south of England. I've been listening on the journey home and now is uh, watching back in the UK. Thank you for the kind words at IMSA Radio. Uh, hello to Arden Fiekend as well, who is listening and watching wherever you are around the world. Good to have your company with two hours and a quarter still to go. And if you are in the UK or heading back home to the UK, at what uh, is it, nearly half past seven, in what's been a very lovely weekend, I hear, weather-wise, back in the UK. I'll get home to a scorched garden and lots of pollen on the cars, no doubt. Sure, it doesn't get it much better than we've got right now here, No, this is, this is as good as we've had, Jeremy. Air temperature 26, lovely. Mm. Lexus heading towards Sheer Adam in the pit lane. Lexus leading GTD Pro and second in GTD Am, and they're both coming in, Sheer. They are. They're both coming towards me. Uh, we've also got the Iron Dames on the pit lane once again. That's the 83. Rahel Frey is getting ready to take over that car. And the Corvette is in again. We know it'll be fuel and tires only for the Corvette. As the 14 Lexus hits its marks, fuel and tires 
That's another stint for Ben Barnicut. Wow, he's doing Iron Man work today. Uh, they're saving Zach for the, ex the end, trying to keep him nice and fresh. Fuel and tires for the number 12 Lexus as well as Parker Thompson stays aboard. But fuel tires and a driver change for the number 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. That is now going to be Danny Junkanay once again as Jules Gunnan has gotten out of that car. And away goes Ben, nearly running over one of his crew guys, actually cleaning the front grill. We've got the red exit light on at pit lane exit. There we go. The 16 Ray Motorsport Porsche, second car off the lane. Then the number 12 Lexus, 96 Turner Motorsport BMW, 23 Aston Martin, 3 Corvette, 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes, 27 Aston Martin, 78 Lamborghini, uh, 62 Risi Competizione Ferrari, 66 Gradient Racing Acura, 32 Cawthorn Mercedes, 83 Lamborghini, 95 Turner Motorsports BMW, 93 Acura, 44 Magnus Racing uh, Aston Martin, and finally the Tri RC Ferrari 023. Whew, that was busy. Um, and I got the answer for you on the Porsche. And the reason that the stop was so long, they had to change the data stick as well as the driver bottle and uh. do the windshield tear off. And there was just a lot to do. And of course, you're limited as to how many people can go over the wall and do a certain number of things. So that, on top of the tire change, meant that it took them a little bit longer than they wanted. However, they were able to do that under yellow flag conditions. Exactly. has cost them the lead. Everybody has to do those data sticks, so don't think that uh, IMSA are picking uh, on Porsche, Penske, Motorsport, Eo Porsche, Rexy going back out with a repaired right front wing or right front eye, whatever. Um, heads back out onto the track. And Hmm. So that the uh, number thirty-one and the number sixty car—they came in a good bit later than the uh, number six car, which needed kind of full uh, service. So, there. Yeah. So that was that so, was fuel time then. Yeah, absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. Whale and engineering Cadillac Jack Aiken has got out in the lead. He actually had to pause for a moment because there was a red light on at the end. That's how quickly they turned that Cadillac around at Action Express. Yeah. So uh, that's we know MSR decision well. yeah. with, what, two hours and 50 minutes into the race has, has really mm -hmm. uh, served them well. Yeah. And now everybody's back on the same uh, schedule. It's top four R. And, uh, yeah, we got to... So those two... It's interesting, isn't it? Because often you look at how many times cars have been down the pit lane and say, well, you know... Uh, well, MSR have been down six times, so they'll be out of it. No, they're second. Um, Nick Yellowley for BMW, they've been down seven times. Well, they'll be out of it. No, they're fourth. And out of the top four, we've got f four, five, six, and seven pit stops made, or down through the pit lane uh, made, by those cars. And effectively, they're going to be separated by nothing now as we restart. Yeah. they're behind the safety car. Uh, and the fact number zero one car had to come in and, and do that emergency service or, or whatever it was mm. uh, has meant that they have not been able to get back one of their two laps. However, number five car has. Yes, that's the JDC Miller Motorsports Porsche 963 that Jeremy's talking about. The all yellow number five, Mike Rockenfeller. Rocky back in. Here's the number one car in again, the zero one car, excuse me, Sebastian Bourdais. So presume, Shea, this is to finish off what they were doing. 
Well, let's take a quick look at this when they actually come in. And I'm keeping a pit box, two pit boxes back, actually. No, they're just topping off with fuel for the zero one. Uh, so that will be a little bit of energy replacement, but a little bit more actual liquid gas in the tank. And, oh, one of the cars just ran the pit exit light. Is that the number 18? I believe it is. Now he's backing up on the pit lane. No, don't do that. Engaging in the reverse gear on the pit lane is a massive no-no. He had run the light, stopped just beyond the Michelin RFID readers. Now he has stopped in between them after reversing. That for sure is going to be a penalty. The 0-1 is the second car back out. Then the 33 for Sean Creech Motorsport. Uh, that's a team that we haven't really talked about very much today, but they always deserve our affection. We are waiting for the 10, the Konica Minolta Acura, to come down the pit lane. First time today, Ricky Taylor's helmet is up on the pit wall, so Philippe Albuquerque is about to get out. I'm sure he's going to be fired up after that stint. And by energy replenishment, when uh, Shea's saying that, um, there's there's an element of actual gasoline going into there. Um, if you've watched the WEC, you will have seen that there is a little graphic to show how much energy the cars, the GT cars have used during the stint, the hybrid cars have used it, hypercars have used it in the stint. Um, as we were explaining before, the engine can produce all of the allowed energy that it, the car is allowed, the battery can produce all of the energy that the car is allowed, and therefore it's the mix within the stint that is being measured. And you can uh, get ahead on your energy, if you if you saw if you say what I mean in terms of your fuel, depending on how you use your your battery pack. So to level it up when you come into the pit lane, you fill your fuel tank to what you are allowed, and that has a certain amount of time. And then you have to wait for the uh, an appropriate amount of time to offset the amount of electrical energy that you've used within the stint. And sometimes that will be longer than others, depending on how far through the stint you are. Now, it's not like you're plugging it into the mains. I should say that. Um, so it's not actually being recharged, but that is an amount of time to offset the fact that you have used less, um, less gasoline than uh, perhaps you might have hope that makes sense it's basically just to make sure that the the idea of having the hybrid is not to give anybody an advantage it's to uh, make sure that everyone's running efficiently so it's not about having an advantage it's a bit like um, changing the fuel flow on the GT cars for those that consume fuel at a faster rate you have a larger restrictor so that the 40 seconds is always enough fuel to give you a certain amount of energy, calorific energy, if you will. And it's exactly the same with the GTPs. You stand still a little bit longer to offset that electrical energy if you've used uh, that more than your, your gas. Uh, let's go to Alexander Sims, just out of the BM, uh, just out of the Cadillac, excuse me. <laughs> There's me falling through a hole in time. And uh, an excellent double stint chip. That was something very impressive, Alexander. We talked uh, this morning, weren't sure what to expect from the race, but all of a sudden you guys started going off kilter. You were looking at the Michelin Endurance Cup points, 
and you found yourself at the lead too. Was that just a double whammy? Um, yeah, no, I mean, good, good strategy by the team. Um, to be honest, I didn't really know a huge amount what was happening in the car. I was just trying to put the laps in. Um, and yeah, I guess the way the pit stops worked out were, were yeah, as we'd hoped that we, we'd be leading for the three hour mark. But um, yeah, no, pace seemed decent. It all felt quite nice out there. It's, uh, yeah, probably the first race this year where I've felt like my pace has been reasonable, actually. So yeah, no, all good. Did they allow you to use the softer tire? Um, I think we've been on the same tire the whole way through, to be honest. Um, yeah, to be honest, I don't, I don't think tire strategy is something that we've been looking at too much. So, um, yeah, we haven't had a ma massive issue with switching this tire on. It seems like others maybe had a bit more of an issue at times. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. And the uh, race is going okay so far. As someone who's been running the pit lane, your box is significantly cooler than anywhere else. How have you guys felt as if that's almost an advantage, keeping you calm, cool, and collected before you get in the car? Because nobody is on fire from your crew. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, all the personalities in here, they're all such cool guys, you know. Um, so it just we rub off on one another, you know. No, I get it. It's, it's, it's a white tent, which obviously helps, but um, we try and keep it as ventilated as possible because these guys have got to work the entire time and so you know even sat at the stand if you start to get dehydrated and start to just let your brain not quite work clearly then it affects the whole op operation so um yep everyone's being smart last endurance race was a win for you good luck making it two in a row we'll try thank you